We're live. I am here live with the illustrious Jamie Klingman. Hey, Jamie, how are how you? How are you, sir? Good, fantastic, and I love that backdrop you've got there. So is there a story behind that wonderful guitar painting back there by any chance? There is. It was from the auction at the Big Brothers, Big Sisters uh, dinner, gosh, probably five years ago. Yeah, you just picked that up. Okay. Yeah. Well, is there is there any like like rock and roll uh, like connection in your in your family and what's going on? I'm like trying just, to get one. I mean, they say there's six yeah. degrees of you know separation. So, I, I actually so one of well, my who's... dear one of my dear friends it had Rob Thomas open for her. So I feel like yeah. I'm connected to Rob Thomas. Right, and so is that kind of like the um, is that like the top of your list, Rob Thomas? You'd say and Bon Jovi. I actually, in my in my wedding vows to Tony at my wedding, I referenced my that my no longer going to be my first husband, Bon Jovi. <laughs> really? So, okay, seriously. All right, good. Seriously. Um, <laughs> fantastic. Um, and in fact, I uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to play in a moment. I'm gonna think, have you think about like your favorite Bon Jovi songs. I want to give a little intro music for you. Um, unless you have it right now, unless you have it on ready right now. It's my life and living on a prayer. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Well, living on a prayer. Yeah. Hold up. Yeah, living on a prayer. Thank you. Or it's my life. Either one. That might be more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See if living on a prayer will play on my Spotify. Oh, it's got a slow intro, right? Yeah. You kind of have to uh, hold on. You have to wait for it though. Able to do that. Can you hear it all? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Good. That's a good start. That's a good start. A lot of people won't rec we're we're gonna be of a certain age and so people may or may not hold on, wait for that opening again. Well it comes a little later than I you know, you, me. I'm a few. I'm a few years older than you by by actually quite a few. So so I'm excited about this, and we've got a good number of people out checking this out. And uh, and you know what I like about this the most is you've got like this really uh, really cool story that we're going to get into, and it involves dead bodies that I wouldn't even give away to people <laughs> in advance. I wanted to save it for <laughs> for this show, right? So we're, gonna, we're definitely gonna uh, we're gonna get into that. Um, I want to start with a quick poll, and I wonder if uh, folks out there will help me out with this. Um, and let's see if we can throw uh, throw out a quick poll here. Give me one second. And uh, basically, okay, so got it. Close that. And okay, cool. And okay, cool. Close that. All right. Okay. And let's see. So the first thing is like, okay, how different do we think the economy will be when it comes back? So I've got a few choices here about the same, uh, not too different, um, about the same, but different, and then very different, but not the same. So that's the poll I'm going to ask folks to kind of kick in. Um, and then when that when that voting's over, um, we'll, uh, we'll be actually um, coming back and we'll read the results of that, right? So let me just close that and get that get that started. Um, and so, Jamie. Also, I want to I want to kick this up. Uh, also, which is basically my opening presentation, which is 
Um, and I didn't give you any heads up on this opening question. And it's basically how much is all of this changing us, right? How much is all of this changing us, right? Because I think, yeah. I think it actually, it actually is. And then the question is, um, how do we prosper in this new world that's coming? And I really do. I personally feel like this is quite a sea change, quite a shift in kind of who we all are and how we do what we do and how we think about what we think about. And I don't know if that the even if even if the economy comes back roaring strong, um, I feel like that how we approach the world is going to be different. How we think about things are going to be different, and and I think mostly in a good way. Um, uh, you know, in terms of that, right? Uh, the just a lot of good things have come from it. Now, there's definitely rough times ahead and some really uh, some tough times ahead. It could be worse than we expect, but either way, um, there's definitely a big change. So I want to get your thoughts on that a little later. And then I also want to um, jump into our sponsor. So we have a sponsor for the for this uh, podcast, right? So this is a group called Executive Launch, and they specialize in helping uh, executives, like corporate executives, uh, folks that have risen the ranks in corporate, um, that are, you know, always dreamed or thought about breaking out and starting their own company, right? So this is a group that helps people with turnkey, like business in a box type thing, helps a company helps an executive who's never really been in the startup world understand how to step out and typically probably start a company that's in the lane that they're exist. So if they're, an, if they're an executive in a consumer package product company, or if they're an executive in a consulting company or an executive in a, in a, in a, a law firm or a CPA or, or you name the industry, um, they typically will step out and start a company in their space. Not always, but definitely typically that. And, but they don't really, executives, the rules of rising the ranks in a corporate world are very different than rising the ranks in the startup world. Very, very different. Um, and so there's just a lot of uh, things that aren't easily understood. There's no expense accounts, obviously. Um, there's not nearly the resources around that you're used to having. Um, there's a lot of uh, mental tough, a lot of psychological warfare that has to happen. I mean, I could go down the list that you know and I know very well and so many startup and entrepreneur people that we work with but um, executives don't always get that. And then they also don't always understand how, um, how hard it is to generate leads and generate customers. When you win a big company, a lot of things come to you that you, they just come to you as a larger company, right? And, and, and so when, you're, when you start a new company, like nothing comes to you. It's pretty shocking actually, how hard it is to, to generate those early first customers, right? And uh, so, so this is the kind of stuff that Executive Launch does, they kind of help an executive who has lots of like years of experience and tons of, of skill around leadership and experience around the industry and their product, but just doesn't know the startup game and how to get that off the ground and make sure it's successful. Does that make sense? Yeah, you like that? Sound pretty cool? It sounds awesome. Yeah. If, uh, but you were never one of those big uh, corporate executives. You just, you know why? You just, you, I don't think you've ever had a boss, Jamie. Okay. Okay. If you want to say that, okay, that's true. Clients do become bosses, but, um, but you know, let's, you know, and, and before we jump into your story, I'm going to ask folks to um, uh, please queue up their message, their questions. Okay. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna ask people to queue up their questions already. So as we go, as soon as we get going, we can just read those and address them. I don't want us to have to go too far before we jump back into those questions. So let's jump into your story. 
Jamie. So uh, you've spoken to my class now uh, at University of South Florida at least twice. And so I know your story pretty well. And the, the first thing that comes to mind is that, you know, you were this kind of, you were the straight A, uh, you know, high nerd. school, middle school yeah. kid, nerd, right? That just was, that, that was going to definitely be a doctor, lawyer, or something there around that. And, and it was really never a question for you growing up from your, your parents and yourself. It just was uh, pretty automatic that that's what you're going to do. And you were, you were a nerd straight A kid all the way through to get into the best school you can get into and ultimately become a doctor or a lawyer or something along those lines. And you chose doctor. So you, you went pre-med. And yes, uh, yes. so, so you, you got into, you know, you went pre-med, you were in, in school and you continued with your, with your, you know, your, your grades. And then you hit a little snag in, in med school. Why don't you uh, share that with everybody? Well, so actually before med school, yeah. uh, I, in pre-med, so you have the opportunity to do, there's like pre-medical club, um, pre-med AMSA. And so um, I went to the University of Florida um, yes. and therefore had awesome opportunities and uh, got to witness an autopsy. And I think I witnessed about three seconds of that autopsy, um, maybe less. <laughs> and yep. uh, therefore realized that um, I was probably not really cut out to be in the medical field. And you were like 20 years old maybe at that time, 21? Uh, 20, yeah. About 20 years old? Yep. And so you, what, I think you just like blacked out, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It was, uh, yeah like on the floor. So um, that was kind of a, a good wake up call. You know, I think we all have things that, that kind of shake us awake and, and make us think about, evaluate what we're doing and the paths we're on. And, and certainly I don't have any complaints about where I sit today. So, you know, I think- No, of course, but this is- The way they work. Yeah. To be fair, I passed out of the side of blood and that's no joke. Like I do not handle blood. Like I'm out, blink over. And there's a lot of stories that my friends and family know about me with that. It's, it's real. Um, but, but you put me in the room with a cadaver and just forget about it. Forget about it. So let me ask you, did you get back on the, did you try again? I'm sure you at least tried it gets once or twice or you were one and done. I was one and done. Like I, I, it really was one of those, those critical moments of this is definitely not for me there. Wow. Um, that has very rarely happened in my life. Um, I can think of one other very specific time at, so people from Tampa would, I don't, I don't even know if this is still there, but there used to be this car racing place called Malibu Grand Prix. And mm -hmm. you could get in these little like go-karts um, and you put the big helmets on and, and you're supposed to like drive them around the track. And I remember we, I was really young and um, like probably like the youngest age they would let you do it. And um, right. And so I remember sitting in the car and they're like getting ready to say go. And I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this. Like, nope, <laughs> I never went back. So it's very right. rarely do I do that. But when it happens, it's clear. So how does, how does a, you know, 21 year, year old kid, uh, you know, their whole life was leading up to this being a doctor thing and all, all everything you were doing was gearing towards that. And, you know, when, you know, when did it, so it hit you at that point. So you, you graduated, but really didn't have anywhere to go, right? Right. So what so, yeah, because I graduated in um, d December, and so it was, you know, I would have had time to, to prepare. Um, I think mm -hmm. a lot of people do that. They, you know, schedule to um, prepare for applications and the MCAT and all those things. Um, I did take the GRE, assuming I would be going on to do something at some point. Um, but it definitely was the 
the um, it was a probably you know I moved home after I graduated and and you know probably wasn't an overly productive citizen for you know a, a month or two trying to figure out I mean it was one of those you know truly life changing decisions you know your whole trajectory changes right so you were basically back home with mom and dad's house and really had no plan really everything was just kind of like now everything what? had kind of evaporated in front of you right and so right. like legitimately before you get to your story before you get to the trigger the the light bulb moment or the like what did you legitimately think you were going to maybe go do just go get a job or what were you legitimately thinking at that time you know that that was a few years ago so <laughs> <laughs> i mean you were a kid but you were back home with mom and dad but like really like you're about to tell us this light bulb like lightning bolt moment that's getting ready to happen but were you just kind of like hanging out, hanging out with your friends? I mean, surely you were thinking like, I gotta, I'm gonna have to do something. And what what's getting ready to happen was not on the list. Right. Um, I, again, I, I think that was probably the least prepared I have ever been and hopefully ever will be for a, a change to, to happen. So, um, you know, I think I, I looked at options, you know, the internet was, was a thing, but not as much of a thing as it is now. So, um, you know, I think I contemplated law school or, you know, the, that probably wouldn't involve dead bodies. Um, you know, I, I, I know what I wound up doing was definitely not on the list, if we put it that way. <laughs> wow. Right. And so maybe tell us what happened there. Um, so I had the opportunity to um, start a home care company. Um, there were some, some family needs in there. And, um, you know, our, um, I had some support from um, some great mm -hmm. mentors and, uh, it was really initially going to be um, more of a, it's funny now with where we are today in the world, but um, more of a grocery delivery service for the elderly. Wow. It was the I, forget about, I forgot about, I forgot that, yeah. Um, you know, in 2002, 2003, that uh, the technology was definitely not, you know, we didn't all have iPhones and, and apps yeah. and things like that. Um, and so in building out the business plan, you know, having a full homemaker companion type, you know, non-medical service was um, a much better plan. Um, and we were the first to offer one and two hours of service instead of four hours, which got us clients ahead because I knew I didn't have a lot to offer. I was 22, 23 years old. Um, you know, there was no real reason why anybody should pick me over <laughs> anyone else. Um, so that's, you know, how I tried to differentiate in that space. So it was this idea of bringing like people that were homebound that needed, uh, you know, that couldn't get out typically in a medical situation. You were, your, your business plan was to bring, uh, bring them like groceries and, and, and just other things just they might laundry. need. Yeah. Light housekeeping, yeah. the, the laundry, yeah. that, that, those kinds of things. Um, and again, yeah, having that was watched those kind of services be provided, um, you know, there was, I knew that there was a significant gap in quality of those services being provided. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, you know, did my homework and got my, I think it was called a certified senior advisor or something like that. Or some big client. Jamie, you should have stuck, you should have stuck with it. Look where you'd be today. Well, I did for 10 years and then I sold the company. So <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about like the in-home like service for bringing groceries or things to people. Like that's what yeah. we're all doing now. Right. Exactly. No, I was like, wow, this was a, you know, now the technology's there and it's, it's, I still marvel that I can sit on my sofa and order groceries. I think that's great. <laughs> so so you pivot, but soon thereafter you pivoted, uh, there was a pivot where you, you kind of chased the opportunity. And so that, that, uh, soon 
turned into something more than just than what you described, right? Yeah, it grew, and um, you know, we expanded our services, and um, I had opportunities to to be involved in other projects in the senior space, and you know, I definitely never expected to be in that world, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I had been I kind of um, been around a mindset of you know, business was for the people who couldn't do something else, right. <laughs> and so it, it was definitely yeah. a. Um, a shift, a pivot to to uh, to realize I was going, I was in business, that I was a business person right. versus a student or um, in academics a or a doctor or those kinds of things. Doctor, lawyer, professor. <laughs> it's right. like the three things that were okay, right? Yeah. right? But, but, but it became a medical uh, service. It went from just uh, needs of folks to like uh, you were providing nurse, like nursing type uh, service, right? We did some contracting with that, yes. So we, um, I tried to bridge the gap between the full medical services and um, you know the needs right before that, because then you had the client and you could keep them through the duration. Um, so yeah. I did some advising and consulting in that too. So something we're all missing here, okay? You're 22 years old. First of all, you're not okay. You're not personally doing this service. You might have done some of this. You probably did some of it yourself. But quickly, you had maybe you had employee you had employees pretty quickly. So how the heck does a 22 year old kid with no business experience, uh, where you were, and all of that, all of a sudden start hiring people? How does that happen? I don't understand. I you know I don't think I really understood either. It, it, <laughs> um, you know I I remember my my first employee, and I remember. Um, call it again. I, I was really fortunate. Um, I we had a family friend that was a CPA, and I had um, a, a financial advisor who was available to me, and so I, I had some some resources to kind of think that through. But I also made a ton of mistakes. That's uh, by no means was that a straight trajectory up. Um, yeah. Um, but early on, again, I, you know, I, I think a lot of people's success can be is attributed to their hard work, and it's also attributed to. Um, putting yourself in positions where um, opportunities and, and luck can play out, and, and um, you know, I happened to go to a um, networking event that was hosted by um, a chamber, and they that executive director, you know, is still to this day one of my dearest mentors, and and so you know, being open to those opportunities and you know, learning from other people and being involved is um, is I think you know been hugely helpful in my life. Right. So again. Um... Who was like, how did you like part of this is we're trying to unpack this for aspiring entrepreneurs, right? Like, you know, um, what what gave you the the confidence or the impotence to like hire someone like where did did you have a little uh, cash flow or did you get some you know, did you get uh, were you able to be paid on terms or like how did you get this thing off the ground by way of employees? So I got a depo- a two week deposit for clients, and so there we go. now we're talking. <laughs> now the details I'm fishing for. Yep. So um, you know, I literally had that two weeks deposit, and that was you know how I paid my and you know they were hourly, obviously, um, em- employees. So it was uh, um, again a, a pretty, a, probably a much tighter race than I ever would play now. <laughs> like looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, should I yeah. really take that risk? But there, um, you know, I, I did have access to a, a pretty small credit line, um, but that helped. Um, you know, I learned some very tough lessons about how long insurance companies take to pay and, yeah. um, <laughs> and those kinds of things. 
Um, I was not beyond, you know, asking clients if I could meet them at their mailbox when they were going to mail it, uh, you know, a payment. Right. Um, you know, and I got smarter as I went along of, of how to manage that cash flow. But, it, you know, in the beginning, uh, and I, now I'm remembering a story I told in your class that I think you're getting at um, involves golf clubs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think managing, um, learning what expenses were important and what weren't. So um, somebody along the line told me that all business was conducted on the golf course. And so therefore I felt like I needed to go get golf clubs. And um, to this day, I have them because I think they're a good reminder. Uh, the majority of them still have the plastic like shrink wrapped on <laughs> the, you know, the club um, because they, I don't golf and I'm not good at it. I've been to the driving range a few times, but clearly you don't have to go. Just so everybody knows, you don't have to conduct business on the golf course. No, it's a bit of a fallacy. <laughs> Definitely a fallacy. It's coming from someone who plays, who's played a lot of golf. Like a, it, it's really a fallacy. Um, but I didn't so, know. So I thought I was, you know, yeah. you're supposed to get a phone number and get a, a business tax license and get golf clubs. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like a, right. you know. It, yeah, it was a thing to get said, and then you know, kind of uh, is this thing that you feel like you should be doing, but really isn't what it appears. Um, so, okay, so you started hiring. You were able to start hiring. It's amazing the risk you took right there. I think that's the coolest part of the story so far. Like you know, like how you you rolled the dice on such a small. You took a small amount of money and you and you and you were able to get an advance and you were able to make this thing happen. Were you keeping this from your parents? Like your parents must not. This is like this is highly risky territory you're moving into immediately. Like so, where is this being broadcast? Um, there. <laughs> 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 it's safe now, Jamie. It's safe. You can talk about this. I'm sorry, okay. Mom, I'm sorry, Mom, in advance. <laughs> no, um, really. We're, we're how, how, how in the know were they? Because this was, you know, this is payroll. This is people. This is, you know, contracts. This is taxes. This is corporation. Like, what is going on? This is, you know, especially when you were not really business was the last thing that you and your parents really wanted you to be involved in. So I don't, yeah. You know, so were they were were they aware? Were they aware of what you were doing in the early days? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Face says it all. Okay, so so you build so you build this. Aware of the risk, I think they. they I got they it right. What I was doing, but but when you frame it that way, I'm not sure that they. They fully that, fully that risk was yeah. there, but, but I will say, and then I give them credit for this, on um, that they. You know, I made my own decisions um, mm -hmm. with all of that. So they're, they were not, I mean, they weren't, they had never needed to check to see if I did my homework or things like that. Yeah. So they weren't, if I said everything was okay, everything was okay. Got it. And totally. I just said everything was okay because you fake it till you make it. So, yes. you know. so, so things started kind of snowballing for you. The business kept growing and more and more and so forth. And at one point you were telling me that you was in, like you were the, you were, you know, young, but most everyone who worked for you was older than you, right? And that was a real oh, challenge. Almost the whole time. Yeah. There's yeah. um yeah, it was it was I was several years in, um, like probably five or six years in before I had somebody that was younger than me. Um yeah. which again was my normal because I had not worked for anyone and didn't know. So there yeah. it wasn't uh, um right. you know, it, it if that's all you know, that becomes your normal. So yeah, I got it. Um, and so, all right. So, and just to keep this this story going and 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 further along. So, how many staff did you ultimately get this up to? By the way, of headcount. Uh, forty nine. 
49. Okay, 49. And then this other cool, this other interesting thing. Um, I want to say hi to somebody on Facebook Live uh, real quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and I figured out to, to do this on my iPhone because I tried the iPad before and it's like, right? Oh, yeah, so now I'm, uh, I'm learning as I go. <laughs> I learned as I, I go. So I can do the phone, right? <laughs> so, so here's what's interesting. Um, and I think Hanan, who's on right now, I think she, she probably had the honor and privilege of being in the class when you last spoke the story, I'm guessing. So Hanan, uh, throw that in the comments if you, if you were there when, uh, when Jamie came to our class and, and, and shared this. So I'm there sorry, came you a big moment. Again. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, the, the, this big moment that came later, you had these you know, 40 plus employees and you were looking to exit. At some point you were like, okay, I've been doing this like 10 years. Um, I would love to do something different. You know, I'm now, you know, you're in your late twenties, whatever, like I'd love to do something different. And you know, the, all the, the frustration, all of the, stress and frustration of a business, you, you were successful, right? but you were like itching for to something new. And so you're thinking you might sell the business. But then there was this big uh oh uh, moment when you thought you could sell your business. Talk about that. Yeah, so I had um, a good friend tell me that, um, you know, we just, I trusted her and was like, you know, I've been doing this for, I think it was about eight years at that point and, you know, my entire adult life and, and you know, it's a lot of stress. There's um, I, anyone who owns a home care company or is in that space, I give a ton of credit to because it is a very tough, it, you know, you're, you have minimum wage to just above minimum wage employees and that has that, you know, the, the challenges of trying to to have a livable wage that you're providing, but being limited in insurance uh, payouts per hour that you could charge, um, you know, so even to break even could be very, very, very challenging. Um, and with while keeping everybody's interests in mind, um, you know, and and clients come and go for various reasons, and and some of those include them dying, and so that's, you know, th that's a new level of of involvement on all sorts of levels um yeah and so it, it just There's a lot of emotional I, a lot of emotional uh burden that you that you've been carrying year after year on both your employee side and on your client customer side here you are eight years in you're like i should you know you're thinking might now maybe a time to tr to make a transition to something different yeah i think i realized that i um you know i think you we all have an amount to give and and i think some other doors were opening and that was you know providing mm -hmm. some light into you know maybe this isn't the where i'm supposed to be forever um yeah. and so um i um had a potential buyer and um you know that process was moving along and and what became really clear is that i had made um, a very critical mistake which is i had made my business a lot about me and so it wasn't so much the name of my company it was the it was you know oh because it's jamie and so everything you know, everything had to run at you everything touched you everything ran through you all decisions like you were right. like the, the quarterback of of everything right Correct. And so um, through that, um, you know, it's, it's a little heartbreaking to think you're, <laughs> you're selling and then not sell. Um, but I hired a wonderful. Um, well, wait a minute before. Let's be clear. You were told that you couldn't your business. Let's be real clear. Your business wasn't very sellable as long as it, it was so reliant on you. Um, on all this, your, book, so your book of business in home care is 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 not a large asset because they're your clients 
leave one way or another. So, right, right. Um, you know, it's the inflow, the leads that are, are in lead sources that are of value. Um, and I had no way of demonstrating that that wasn't tied to me. Because you were out, so not only were you quarterbacking the business, but you were also out in the community networking, like you were also attracting the new clients. I mean, all, like you you were the you were the face of the business, both on the outside and the inside. And so, and so that what we all, what a lot of people don't realize that becomes a, a business that's, that's not really sellable, like, um, because clearly the new buyer needs, you, you know, where, how can we, how can a new buyer come in and make this business run without the key person? Right. Um, right. Absolutely. And that's something I have definitely carried forth and tell anyone who's starting a new business, depending on what it is, but it's especially a service-based, mm -hmm. um, highly relational business. Um, you really have to think through what, how, if you are planning an exit strategy at some point, what, how that would happen and making sure that the things that you do um, to promote your business are really promoting your business and not just promoting you. Right. Well, can the business, yeah, exactly. What can you, can the business run without you? Right. And, and, and actually talk about it, talk about it in my book in terms of the, the solopreneurs, uh, you know, dilemma and the, and the trap and, and how to, um, you know, go from where you do everything. And the first thing, the first thing you want to let go is the operations to somebody else. If you can pull that off, but you hold on to the marketing sales lead generation, right? Because frankly, as, Typically, clients in, in business are signing because you're, uh, you know, you're in charge, and that's a big, a big reason why people sign. And then ultimately, can can that owner can can that owner eventually even separate from that? Right? It's like three stages of separate. Like, can you separate from the operations, and then can you separate from the lead generation and the sales? Um, and by the way, it's not a natural thing for a, for an entrepreneur to do, or, or let's call it an owner, a business owner. It's not for a business owner. It's yeah. not natural because let's be real. I, I'll say this. It, Business owners, entrepreneurs are pretty, uh, they're, they're kind of super um, heroes a little bit. I hate this, you know, I mean, I really mean that. Like, it's the nature of an entrepreneur. It's the nature of a business owner. They're not normal people. That's why everybody doesn't have a business or create a business. Not everybody's driven to do it. You're, you're kind of uh, kind of a bit of a freak of nature, right? Like, you you, you say, no, really, I mean, <laughs> like, so it's like you're, 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 you're drawn to, like, um, people are drawn to you. You're drawn to make things go smoothly. Your, your sense of ownership is off the chart. You make sure you're, you obsess everything going right. You, you're obsessed with uh, making people happy and, and you just love all the moving trains and the parts. And that's just the nature, uh, the disease of entrepreneurs, right? And, and, and business owners, it gets even worse when you actually get a little bit of success and you own the business and you're running it. It gets worse. That disease gets bigger. And it's not a bad thing because, frankly, the first few years of a business needs that, right? So that's the tr the tricky part is you all of that's a good thing, but like X number of years down the road, when you've got a certain level of business built up, it becomes uh, the opposite of a good thing. It starts to become not only a, an albatross for the owner, which you know can run into health issues and stress issues, but now all of a sudden you find out this terrible news that now that's the reason why you can't sell your business, right? It, all of a sudden, this thing that was the reason why the business was successful is the very reason why it can't uh, be successful forward. It's just, it's, it's just a real, um, it's something that's shocking to a lot of people. And I don't know that that's true across all sectors, but certainly in, again, in a, in a, in a service-based, highly relational yes. industry. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's what hit you. And so what did you do instead of just, uh, you know, just kind of taking that message and, kind of 
you know, moving on and pounding sand, what did you do instead? I hired someone. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you know, and, and uh, it's a little bit different, um, or my experience at least was a little bit different than what you described in terms of that order. Um, you know, the big part was I needed to separate from my employees um, as much as, as I also needed to separate the lead gen and that's that's kind of connected together. So um, I hired someone who, you know, she answered the phones when the when the phones rang. And so the first person they talked to was not me. Um, you know, they got to know her as the office manager, coordinator, right. um, you know, the, the person who could make things happen where, instead of it yeah. being, you know, all of a sudden, most of my clients didn't have my cell phone number and weren't texting me at all hours and all of those, you know, I, I was brought in if there was an issue, but it was, you know, less of that. And I spent more time pushing the company forward into the community so that those leads were going to the main line and not to my cell phone and, and those. Right. So you kept you, so you, again, you, you, you transitioned operational and you, you, you focused on business development. Right. right. And, and so that's but the, the, the stage that. of so it, it not being mining right. in, in that for sure. Right, right, right. And, and so you did all of that and how many years did it take before you could circle back and have this business saleable? It, so it's, sold in almost three years from that point. So it was probably two and a half years to when we realized it. Right. And uh, what was that like when you when that finalized? I mean, who, <laughs> what kind of a party did you have or like, you know, you know, you should have a party, right? I um, no, because I'm weird and unusual, like we've talked about, probably like you are. So um, no, I, I I was really lost. <laughs> like there the day we closed, I was one, I was really sick, like really, really, really sick. But um, I remember going to my um, my best friends worked at the bank that I banked at. So I remember going and sitting at the bank waiting for the wire to come in. And, you know, the wire came in and it was like, OK. And I went home and, it, you know, it was the next morning when I woke up and, the, you know, my phone didn't have any messages and there weren't, <laughs> you know, I wasn't calling the office administrator to find out what was going on for the day or, or you know, there were, there weren't any tasks to do. So you didn't really have a, you didn't really have a, a plan much. It doesn't sound like you had a, a, a real, you know, anything to slide or move into you. You kind I of did. pushed that. You did. Okay. Um, so I had gotten my real estate license during the time I had my home care company because um, I had been passing leads because my clients would leave their homes one way or another. And mm -hmm. in Florida, you need to have your license to get a referral fee or a commission. So I had done that. I never had any intention of actually doing real estate, but that became, um, you know, I figured that would be a temporary, you know, I could do some deals and, you know, right. not totally drain all of my savings at one point, at <laughs> one time, um, yep. or proceeds from the sale. And by the way, there's a question here. Carl, Carl's got a question for us. Hey, Jamie, were you a micromanager in your business? For a long time. Um, well, yes and no. So, you know, when you have a- and By the way, I think a micromanager, like I said earlier, can be a really good thing early on and then it becomes not a good thing anyway. Well, and so, I mean, so the nature of our business was the employees were going to people's homes. So I was not a micromanager and that I had no visual contact over them. You know, I had to put a lot of trust in whoever was going in because I wasn't obviously in there. We weren't in a big office or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but I was certainly a micromanager about like payroll and and um, approving ads and like all of the rest of it. Absolutely. 
Okay. Uh, and so, okay, you sold the business. You said you were a little bit lost though, right? So- Well, a little, you... like I'm not, you know, it's, it's this big freedom, but with that comes, yeah. you know, am I, am I, I guess I'll do real estate for a while. Or yeah, you know, there wasn't a, a do, I, selling your business is such a process or it can, or was such a process for me that um, I think I, I really just wanted to sleep for <laughs> like a day or two. <laughs> Was there like some separation anxiety after that a little bit? Just like, you know, cause you're, it's one thing to be needed. It's like, you, you know, to be needed is kind of a thing. And then you think that it's adding to your stress, but then as soon as you're not needed, it's like, whoa, like that's kind of, mm -hmm. you know, right? Yeah, that absolutely. It, it, that was my identity. It had been my baby. I'd started when I was 21. I, I didn't know a life without that. My, you know, my cell phone had said, we can't come to the phone, which for years was me, myself and I, but nonetheless was, you know, and had had, if this is a medical emergency, please call 911. Like, it, you know, all of a sudden I didn't need that on my voicemail anymore. <laughs> and Right. So what if, so you've mentioned it already, but it seems like the big takeaway on this, first of all, you were able to, you were able to get an exit, which is what we talk about in the startup game all the time is to be able to build a business, to be able to get an exit, sell that business, either for your, you, for you and your investors. And, and it's just like the, the goal line for so many startups. Um, and so, especially ones that, um, that are, you know, you know, going for that kind of a goal. So would you say that it seems like the message that you, that you've got here is to, to think, be thinking about building your business in such a way that it can run without you, maybe not early, but always be thinking, even be thinking even early about putting in automation and systems and processes and people and try to resist and try to resist doing everything yourself, or even when you kind of want to do that thing, uh, try not to it just take, discipline it would need one like you that's been th through it to actually get somebody to actually resist the temptation right it doesn't come natural at all um no we so want that value not only so value, yeah right and you and plus you're like this super you know you're in this so i would even say it's not just to even sell one day i would say the other goal for that is freedom like even there's a lot of people who own businesses and you know them i know them that are practically millionaires or approximately or near millionaires every year owning everything from a plumbing business to a, a construction business, whatever. And um, even if you don't plan to sell your business, it's still worth doing all of those things for this word called freedom. Meaning like, uh, the, you know, business ownership is supposed to have some rewards somewhere down the line. And if you find yourself five, eight, 10 years later, owning a business as successful as it is and all the people and whatever, but you're working your you're just being you're just working around the clock and everybody needs you all the time and you then what's the reward in that right so i Plus would feel you like enjoy that i mean i think yeah. i think it's what people enjoy i don't I, it's you know i don't think it's black and white i think there's you know if you if you're starting a business and and you know like your business you know you're the central sure. part of that yeah. you know, i know you're going to a point that you would have staff who are able to carry things on for you so that you can take right. time and, and those kinds of yeah. things that, um, you know, it, it just really depends on what your goals are. But I do think evaluating that as you start your business is probably my biggest takeaway is thinking about right. the end when you're starting and, and what do you want that to look like? I would I would argue even if you enjoy it, right? There does come a period at the five to eight year mark or somewhere in that where you want your life back. I don't care who you are, even if you enjoy it. If you can't enjoy and be present with your spouse or with your kids or with your friends because your phone and your email and your phone, and your email and every none and none emergencies all the time, blah, 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 and you can't go on vacation, you can't go anywhere, you can't be anywhere. I'm just saying that even if you enjoy it, there, there, there is so many years in where that's that quality of life is not going to be good almost for anybody. 
right? And 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 ultimately too, you also got to look at your bank account and kind of go, you know, can I go on a trip? Do I have enough money to go do the things I want to go do? And can I go on it? Can I unplug and go on a trip or go do something I want to go pursue? That it may not be a factor early, but at some point that dog is going to catch you. And uh, even if you don't sell your business, you're going to want that. I just, I just, you're just going to want that. So um, Lisa's got a question. Uh, first of all, Carl. Uh, okay, Lisa says takeaway. Then startups should evaluate their long-term goals. Yeah, that's it, Lisa. That's it. The long-term goals, which is really, unless you have a good coach, right, or you have a friend who's been through it, um, to really tell you about how things might be in seven, eight, nine, ten years from now, you have a, you're, you're not going to really understand those things, right? Uh, Jamie, would you agree? Like you, you need somebody to help you understand the end, um, you know, in the beginning. I think that's always helpful in whatever you're doing to have somebody who's already been through to give you their experiences and, and you take the parts you like and hopefully don't have to take the parts <laughs> that you don't like. Right. Um, but I, but I also think it, it's just you, I think some of it you can visualize. So like you said, you know, if you have a spouse, so I happen to meet my spouse a week after I sold my business. Um, so <laughs> arguably, um, that became, uh, you know, a priority that wasn't there when I owned that company. So um, that's yeah, generally uh, the more you can learn from mentors and people who've been where you where you are potentially going, then you can choose better a path that's right for you. Right. So so that's kind of a good kind of a good segue into, you know, you know, where we want to go next in the conversation in terms of folks that are, you know, thinking of. Uh, being an entrepreneur, starting a company or, or building a product or something like that in today's climate, um, one of the first things it sounds like you, you would want to say is to get get a get a mentor, it sounds like, right? would be a good, smart move because you don't know what you don't know. And it'd be Absolutely. Good to, right? Right? Do you, do you, A, two questions. Do you mentor people today? B, do you have a mentor for yourself in, in the new businesses that you do today? Uh, yes and yes. <laughs> so <laughs> good, I, um, good. I figured. I knew. I knew that would be a yes and yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's and so mentoring is fantastic because it's it's you get to be a part of a startup without the pressure, <laughs> for the most part. Um, and it's just fun to see. It like gives you a, a a kind of a barometer of like how far you've come as a person. Um, and it's exciting to be a part of things. Um, and and I am forever indebted. Um, I am very lucky to have more than one mentor. And um, I would, again, definitely not be where I am today without their influences. Right. So you, okay, after you, you took that break, you sold your company and you started some new, new new ventures. What was the first thing you started other than the, okay, you did the real estate thing. Was that kind of the, the first major thing that you pursued? Yeah, that was, um, you know, I, I, I never really thought about doing real estate. I, I had lots of friends who were realtors. I don't, you know, I didn't really mm -hmm. understand that space a whole lot. Um, but I did know or learn during that time period that to be a business broker, you had to have a real estate license, which I had. And having gone through the sales process, um, I, I really liked the idea of doing business brokering. So, you know, opening the real estate firms and the business brokerage were um, the, the first, I think, kind of this natural thing that was sitting there um, to to do next. Right. And so, when was when did you decide to open up your next business? Because you know you have, I think you. Oh, the you, same year. It was like two months later. You know. Two months later, and what was that one? The real estate firm. Okay, and then, but then what was the one after that? 
the business brokerage. Okay, so those are the two, right? Um, and then I opened a, um, because I get bored, so I, yeah. I need a creative out outlet. So I um, leased a space in Ebor and did karaoke parties and um, <laughs> fun concerts and um, charity events and all those kinds of things, which um, kind of scratched that itch of, of needing some uh, creative in the middle of all of that. Right, so you were doing that as well. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so let's, let's, uh, let's get to like advice and philosophies that we can share with people out there. And I'm going to go to the little, I had you, you know, fill out a couple questions for me. Um, the, the personal benefits of entrepreneurship, right? So you, what do you, what would you say are the, the biggest reasons that you would sell somebody on entrepreneurship and, and why, by the way, we know it's not for everybody and you wouldn't want somebody who's not cut out for it to do it. Let's just put the disclaimer out there, right? Absolutely. It's entrepreneurship. You you have to be willing to take risks. That's the, you know, the biggest part of entrepreneurship is that um, the perception anyway, is that you are taking a bigger risk than if you go to work for corporate. Now, I will get on my soapbox for two seconds and say that working for corporate to me seems like a bigger risk than being an entrepreneur. But that's right <laughs> and I haven't met anybody else who agrees with me on that. But there's <laughs> but they're starting to come around, I think <laughs> they might be you now. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I think you have to have you know the benefits are are absolutely freedom and flexibility, um, freedom to to pursue what you want, to think how you want, to um, develop company culture, and and be able to represent who you are um, versus having to fit into a box. Um, right. In most corporate settings, um, flexibility being you know depending on the industry you choose to go into. Um, you, you really are dictating what, how much do you want to work now, you know, your results may then lead to further decisions about that. But, you know, ultimately there's no one telling you to get out of bed in the morning and there's no yeah. one telling you to be at your desk by nine. And, um, so you have the flexibility to, um, you know, I was involved with, with my stepdaughters when they were in, um, high school with cheerleading, I had the flexibility to, to go to their games and, you know, be involved in, in those kinds of things that, you know, in a traditional corporate job, I probably would not have been able to be so involved in. Yeah. So you, you said a few things there that, you know, the, the freedom and flexibility you mentioned. Um, and, uh, and then the part that Lisa just reiterated, the ability to be yourself and create a culture, I thought was, that was my favorite part of what you just said. This idea of self-actualization, I think is the thing about entrepreneurship that I, I think is the most powerful part is to be able to go out and make your way the way you want to make it and to um, be able to create um, and go pursue a vision that that you have and hopefully enlist other people to in, in that and, and join you in that in that in Absolutely. that in that right and it's just a it's just a great powerful way to live it's it is a big risk uh, perspective and you know you mentioned risk but the other reason why it's not for everybody is because it after the risk part there comes usually struggle and frustration and challenge and setbacks and ups and downs and there's a lot of after the risk there's lots of more bumps in the road right and so that a lot of people couldn't handle that probably well and again from my perspective i hear i have lots of friends in corporate and i love all of them mm -hmm. and they i hear them complain about my boss did this or my company just chose to do that or you know mm -hmm. i can't believe we supported that group or you know those kind of this policy got passed so you know again i, I think they it's 
they seem parallel to me that it's we're all nobody i don't know anybody maybe you do alan that uh, that has this like just perfect business life and and, and no or a corporate job either either way so it's no way um, it, it's the you know i think it comes down to you know is the guarantee of a pay well to me again i would say it's not a guarantee but most people think it's a guarantee to have you know a paycheck every two weeks does that or, or however you're paid um versus unlimited potential but you have to do something to make that potential happen I think that's right. the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just uh, realized. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know if my survey came through. Hey, everybody take the survey again, please. Hey, how different do you think the economy will be when it comes back? I think I lost my results somewhere along the way. About the same, not too different. About the same, but different. Very different, not the same. Okay, I think those results are going to come in. I'm going to leave that up there for a few minutes because I think I'm supposed to leave it up for those for that to happen. Um, thank you for those votes. Um, and so, you know, you talked about your uh, your philosophy around that. And I think I, I think that's really spot on. Um, and then, you know, we talked about that. And then, you know, you talked about your philosophy on life and business, and you know, your philosophy on on that. If you could describe it, because I think it's great. You so you've got a very uh, very powerful message here, which you wrote me in your uh, in your letter to me here. I am, I'm referencing back to make sure I'm telling the right story. Yeah, yeah it's, the win -win. it's the win-win. <laughs> it's the win-win. You know, I always have a good story to tell. Um, there, yeah, so no, absolutely. Um, you know, I think that looking for silver linings um, and trying to find the win-win, as cliche as those have become, you know, uh, in everything I've done, it's always been more successful, more enjoyable, a greater outcome when I'm not the only one winning. Um, you know, it's not it's not fun to win at the top by yourself. It's it's a whole lot more fun to bring everybody with you. So, yeah. uh, you know, trying to in negotiating and um, building a business, making sure that that everyone is or as many people as possible are are winning in a situation has almost always um, had fantastic results um, and and just leaves you in a better mindset than um, you know feeling like you screwed somebody in order to to, to win. Um, you know, and the, the being able to find the win when, when it's not obvious. And so I think a lot of us are in that position right now. Um, you know, yeah. I don't think, I don't think anybody really anticipated, um, where we are today and, and it's requiring a lot of people to, uh, I'm not trying to answer your question. I realize that probably sounds like that, but I think it's, it's, it's finding new opportunities, new ways to, to pivot to is the big word everybody likes, but to, you know, take what you already have and, and remold it or you know redevelop it or, or twist it to um you know to find your next step um when the path isn't always clear and, and you know i would say right now that i i'm certainly in that in that space with some of my companies and i and i, I think there's I, I don't think i'm alone no i don't think you are and that's a good segue into advice right advice that we would give people today that are you know either having already lost their job, fear they might be soon losing their job, or just generally very anxious about this economy. Um, like what advice would you, and I'm sure you've got, fr you've got those friends in your life right now. So what advice when they come to you, what advice do you want to give them? Uh, and I'm probably that person a lot of the time, just for that. <laughs> so, so, uh, you need advice right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, you know, I, I, again, I think anybody who's paying attention would be anxious for a lot of reasons. Um, mainly because we we don't know the game we're playing. So um, right. I think when you don't know the moving parts and you don't know what's what's going to happen next, it's it's definitely a, a, a hard situation. 
Um, right. you know, in my mindset, I, um, I've had this described to me um, by a really cool mentor a couple of years ago, and it's something I've used over and over and over again. And it's the, the I, so I'm a big visual person, so it's a, it's a visualization, but it's, um, so anybody who's, um, we're in Florida, so I'm gonna assume a lot of people have been in the water in the Gulf or in the Atlantic. I grew up on the East Coast, and um, the idea of, you know, when you're going out into the waves, if you, if you a big, huge wave comes, you have two options. And one of the options is to brace and, you know, really fight against the wave and, you know, you're gonna lose. The wave's gonna push you <laughs> away and you're probably gonna like get sand in your face and scrape your knees and all those things. Or you can duck under the wave and just wait a moment and then come up for air and reassess where you're at. And you may have moved a little bit, you may not have moved at all, but there's, you didn't go tumbling deeply off into somewhere you didn't wanna be. Um, and so that's when things get hard and we're not sure of the game we're playing or what move to make max. I think what I've learned is to pause and, you know, let the wave crash over me, duck under, and then yep. pop back up and go, okay, like, this is what, this is what I have. And this is what I have to work with. And this is what, you know, I'm going to do next. Right. So. I'm going to, again, pause for anybody that wants to throw a question out for myself or Jamie that we've got out there listening that, that might want some kind of bounce some ideas off of us or get some advice on um, anything they're, they're thinking about. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad Lisa's on. I happen to know that Lisa is, um, is actually in, and she's doing some amazing uh, startup work right now. And I'm really, she's, she's loving everything you're saying. So I think it's really cool that she's on today. Um, but Tiger said, uh, Cal, sorry, Tiger, Cal, Cal Tiger, Cal uh, has a question. Um, Cal, do you want to, uh, let me, um, le let me, uh, okay, Lisa registered her business yesterday. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. She's not messing around. Um, I can't wait to tell you more about Lisa. Uh, so, so Cal is curious about the fact that you serve on, you know, boards, right? And he says, you serve on the board of directors, Institute of Economic Evolution deals with contemporary challenges. In your experience, have you had to deal with BCP, business continuity planning, of which pandemic planning is a subset? I think it is part of the responsibility of corporate boards. Did you come across this topic in your board meetings? Because so first of all, Jamie, you're always on a couple boards at all times. <laughs> so this is all like, so this is a great question for you. Um, <laughs> I don't like. Well, that's a good question. It's a tough one. I, I cow. I, he's always every time he always throws these tough, tough, tough balls out there. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate it. Um, so I am on I, the board of a large social services organization um, in Tampa, and I will say that they were. I don't know if we were using the words pandemic, but we were definitely um, have included in strategies from way back, um, you know, what happens if everything changes? Um, I think in Florida, it's usually hurricanes <laughs> that, that we're more prepared for. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't recall, and that probably makes me a bad board member if they have talked about it prior to, you know, January. Um, the um, Institute for Economic Evolution, um, I, I absolutely, that topic has become much more to the forefront. Um, you know, I, I think we were as focused on, sorry if you can hear my dog shaking. Um, there, uh, I think we've been really focused on contemporary issues in the current. And so uh, prior to January, they were um, talking more about healthcare, education, 
you know, how do we ensure that the, the big goal of that organization is to define human capital so that, you know, we don't have a currency for the value of human beings in terms of stay-at-home moms, for example, are a zero to um, most economists. And so how do we define what that value is so that um, it, it doesn't seem like, oh, she was a stay-at-home mom because she couldn't do anything else, where that's a, you know, a, a very admirable and honorable job, but we don't have a way of of showing, monetizing it, but also, uh, you know, truly showing that value. Um, so I, again, in that situation too, um, I don't know that prior to December, January, we were necessarily using the word pandemic, but um, I think everyone going forward probably will. <laughs> yeah, so business continuity really is just like you said, um, but yeah, hurricanes have been on the list for sure for a long time, but this idea now of, of, of a virus um, or other things. I mean, all of these things that we've read about in the past uh, that could happen, whether it be our water supply or food supply, or now this virus, like, I think this is a wake up call for all of us to go. Cause if you think about it, those are all things that we, we just have never seen. So we just don't imagine that it could happen. And then all of a sudden like this happens and it feels real. Right. I mean, I know we've, you know, I've had been a part of conversations about if, what if the electrical grid was hacked and, and yeah. or internet goes down, which, you know, has happened in, um, you know, periods of time. Like I know there was a, yeah. um, last year, I can't remember when it was, when like all of Amazon's servers all went and everything ever tied to Amazon went down. Um, and yeah. then you realize everything's tied to Amazon. So, so it's like, like seven minutes. <laughs> right. But everybody lost their minds for that seven lost minutes. Their lives so, seven so, minutes. so I think it's, um, you know, I, for better or for worse, I had not personally been involved in a pandemic-specific conversation. Well, you will. You will this. now. You oh, will I now. have been involved in many of them since definitely February. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So, by the way, I just love that Lisa's on here because you know she she is um, she is working on launching her um, virtual assistant EA uh, oh. business. Yeah, and she's awesome. I've had several calls with her, and she's helping me with my business. It's, she's amazing, and uh, she's worked for some really big big executives in her career and um and so she's working on on that and in lisa what a great industry to be going into like yeah that's so lisa perfect. if you're hey lisa if you're up for the microphone i would love for you to describe this 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 off this audit thing i know you're not necessarily ready for that just say yes for audio in your in your in your message box there i'll just turn on your microphone only but i'd love for you to describe like the uh the uh the the audit component that you really are the most excited about, right? Because everybody knows what executive virtual assistance is um, and even office organization, but you had like a special twist on it. So if you're okay with audio, let's give it a shot because uh, just say, okay, audio in the text box and I'll turn on your microphone. I know you weren't ready for that. I won't do that. We won't do the video. We're not ready for that, but uh, audio maybe. But she knows you, Alan, so she's probably- Yeah, she does. Okay, she says, look at that. Okay, audio right there. Um, <laughs> Let's uh, give me one second, and um, there we go. There's Lisa, and I'm unlocking the microphone. There might be a little bit of a lag, Lisa, but uh, go ahead and give it a shot. Let's see if we can hear you now. There's usually like a little bit of a, of like a 20 second lag or something like that. Lisa, are you out there? Hey, Lisa, 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 let's give it a shot. Does she have to turn hers on too from her side? Yeah. No, I think I just unlock her mic. It should just work. Lisa, are you there? Yes, I oh, am. Hey, I knew that that lag is like it's like almost 30 seconds. It's, it's, oh, it's, well, it's crazy. Hi, 
Hi, Jamie. Hi. Uh, what do you want me to talk about, Alan? No, 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 just good. No, just good. Like describe your describe what you're trying to build with your new business. Okay, so executive virtual assistants and office organizing, and um, the virtual assistant makes um, a lot of sense right now because everybody's virtual. Um, and I think most people know what that is um, as far as assisting people um, from my home office. Um, I'm really passionate about office organizing. And so I've come up with a, a little twist to do um, sort of a, a, a quarantine office organizing service for people working from home in a quarantine workspace. Um, either utilizing Zoom or something where I can actually um, see the, the desktop and the workspace. Um, or I also thought I could talk uh, by phone and have clients um, send in pictures, photos of office. So I could realize that, that I could uh, consult with them that way. Right, so so basically they would, they would, put, they would use like FaceTime or something like that and you know, would show you their physical space and would show you yeah. their um, show you the physical space, their their the their applications they're using, and you would just kind of like do a remote. Re you would kind of remote into their world, right, and yeah. be able to observe and give them give them advice and pointers on what they could do different. Exactly, exactly, and it's everything from the physical space to the workflow the processes they're using um, just to set people up to be as productive as they can. Um, I think a lot of people are working from home right now that have not done that before and they may not be set up um, to be efficient. And so there are some things that I feel I could um, just based on my own experience, share with them to get them up and running and, um, you know, being even potentially more productive than they were in the office. So Lisa, you've got, uh You've got Jamie, um, basically superhuman brain at your disposal. What would you, uh, seriously, I know this so to be true. What, what do you want? Yeah, any questions? <laughs> you got So Lisa, you, you're dealing with a lot of questions right now in terms of where you start and how you do what you do. Like what's, what's something that you think um, you'd like to bounce off of, of Jamie just for, just for uh, some feedback or some ideas? Okay, sure. Um, what I did yesterday was registered um, the business. I got an EIN, and then I also joined the International Virtual Assistance um, Association so that I could have some credibility behind me. I'm in the process of um, building a website and a business Facebook page, and I really want to have a blog, and I kind of want to use the blogging as a way to um, draw people in um, for an email list so that I could start kind of a little community to talk about this. Um, I love to write um, and I'm sure I can do the blog, but I don't really know the mechanics of, of all of these um, things that I'm trying to do and what should come first, for example. Um, and I'm just really at the very beginning. So um, anything you could help and, you know, with kind of next steps as far as priorities would be great. Well, it sounds like you've done a lot, so you're, you may feel like you're at the beginning, but you're certainly ahead of, of, of everyone who hasn't done all of those things. So um, congratulations, because I think, I think you. taking the first steps is, is the hardest part. Like, you know, I think a lot of us have ideas in our head, but, but really like 
taking that step is such a big step. And I don't know that I always recognize it myself. So I'm assuming other people also don't recognize that. Um, so very much congratulations. I think you picked a oh, fantastic Thank you. Uh, yeah. I've worked for executives and other people. Um, and yesterday was funny, it was Administrative Professionals Day. So I it celebrated was. myself by basically ditching the office and creating <laughs> my own business. And I felt really accomplished about that. You should, that's awesome. <laughs> and now I'm kind of like the next day after, I'm like, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, right, no, exactly. You're like, okay, I set it up, where is everyone? Um, yeah. It, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you know, I think websites are, um, depending on your type of business, so if your clients are coming from, you know, could enter your website and, and interact with you or and your yeah. company, um, you know, if that's your model, um, you know, yeah. I think obviously the website's a priority. Um, yeah. You know, it, I would, just from my own experience, it's, you know, I would think Facebook is probably where a lot of the um, small business owners, home business owners are and, mm -hmm. and that would be your clients that would be at the point that they could hire someone or have the resources to hire someone like you to help them be even more efficient and all of those things. Um, you know, I love to write too. So, um, you know, blogs were something that always came really easy to me. Um, I tend to be a little verbose. And so I, um, I have found that, you know, getting above 200, 250 words is, um, a lot for somebody to read at one point. Um, so mm -hmm. learning how to break out the chunks of information, mm -hmm. but but even more so than that, like uh, you know, I I think you you probably already have people that that could be in, using your business or, yeah. um, and so their testimonials are as valuable as anything you are going to say. So um, not that what you have to say is not valuable because it's very valuable, but but in that initial instance. Um, you know, and to get cash flow started, you know, I think I would spend some time also, you know, beginning to think about who are you going to share this with? And even if it's just like your 10 closest friends or it's Alan and Alan knows everyone. So now everybody knows, <laughs> um, you know, I would love to learn more. Um, you know, I can think of people who absolutely should have a conversation with you like tonight and of that need that level. And I have no idea what you charge and it doesn't matter because that's the, you know, the, the serve we, we've just shifted and people don't have access to their offices. They don't, yes. um, you know, have that same setup that they once had. So um, right. you are, your timing is just, again, I'm sure it was not completely deliberate, but it's, <laughs> but it's excellent in that, you know, you're really feeling a need. So um, for me, I have found at times I can get very caught up in, oh, I can't do, I can't tell anybody about it until I do this and this and this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you're feeling that way, but that's um, for, for me, it, getting started like actually doing is is as important as whether or not you know your your website is perfect or um any of those types of things um you know they're they're okay. validity points like and yeah. you know if part of your business is gonna having groups i i have no idea so if, if like having groups on facebook is part of that your business model and the ecosystem i think that gets built yeah. over time um yeah. but i also think you know checking out um and i i'd be happy offline even to kind of send you some ideas. I just listening to you that I think you people you need to meet and and be connected to. Yeah. Um, Lisa Lisa's awesome. I've heard like two at least two phone conversations with Lisa and like I'm why like, wasn't I invited? <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's she's she is she is, her game is 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 strong. That's all I'll tell it you. It sounds that. like it. I'm yeah, super excited cool. for you. I um, Thank you so much. I appreciate I'm, that. Um, yeah. I like that. I like that idea. What what I what I did want to do was was yes, go to my network, 
and start approaching them. And I actually did start to um, put some calls together for the next few days. Um, I have one tomorrow. Good. People who are connected and who know me and my work and my history and my whole MO to say, do you need help? Um, or do you know someone who has help? And my thought is yes, that I can send out a link to my website or a Facebook page or a group on Facebook and just start getting people to share this around. Um, I actually went into my LinkedIn profile today. Alan, you'll have to take a look at it or Jamie too. And yeah. I, I feel like that was another really big move that I made because where um, I actually announced in a way, without saying anything, I just changed my title to executive virtual assistant and office organizer. And I put down my business as my current employer. Um, and it looks like I've been in business a month, even though I just did it yesterday. And what's super funny is that my 80 year old mom is, is here with me. Um, she actually came to visit me and then she got stuck because of COVID. Uh, her doctors wouldn't let her fly back. And um, so she is still working at 80. She's a nurse and uh, she does assessments for insurance companies. So guess who's been her assistant um, while she's been here? That is me. So I actually, uh, Jamie, I'm going to ask her to do a testimonial for me and I'm going to plot that on my Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That whole, you know, the, the whole fake it to your make it thing, is, you know, you shouldn't lie, obviously, but, but there's, you know, I would imagine you probably have helped people already, even in yeah. addition to your mom over time. Um, yes. And so, you know, just asking them like, hey, was this helpful? You know, could you speak, speak to what the outcome was from whatever it is you told them? And that's, you know, that's what builds your reputation as much as anything. It's true. And now you're getting me thinking about that because I helped a friend about a month ago um, do her office because she did start working from home. Um, but this was before, you know, it's when we could still travel around. It was maybe two months ago, actually. She's like, Lisa, you've got to come over and help me. Well, it's funny. She's paperless. Um, she works for an insurance company. Um, she didn't need a whole lot of help, but just a few things that I gave her um, set her up for like this office that she loves working in now. And now she is working from home five days a week. So um, I can use her as a testimonial as well. Do you have, do you, yeah. would you do, I, you know, in the paperless world, which I am also mostly in that paperless space, but I have to yeah. tell you, like my downloads, my downloads folder is like the inbox on your desk. And so it's like, I, like I would need somebody a lot of right. times to, to like screen share it, or log into my computer and like clean it yeah. up for me, like put everything That's in the folders it mm -hmm. goes in. Um, is it, like, I, I don't know if you were planning on that being part of your service, but that would be a like huge help in the paperless space. It's not necessarily the physical nature of the office, but my entire office is on my laptop. So, and in the cloud, wherever that is. So they're, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so being able to help organize Google folders and, and you know those kinds of things um that would be i mean are you available tonight <laughs> <laughs> all right hey lisa i was going to suggest that uh you, you put your email address in the chat box for anybody else's there's a hand, good number of people here yeah, sure. on the call and they, and they might be impressed with you tonight and want to reach out oh, to you sure. thank yeah, you um, yeah, Jamie, i was thinking of a digital workspace audit that was kind of a second piece of it and I think naturally in categories, right? So that's right. what I do when, you, you know, people have that one folder, like you said. So we have to separate that out in categories, clearly label the folders, and then place the appropriate items in them. And yeah, that 
that's actually something I like to do. So <laughs> I'd be happy to yeah. help with that. <laughs> I'm like, if once a month you could just go in and well, it'll take you a long yeah. time through, but then like to keep up maintenance wise, you know, to me, that's almost like yeah. having a bookkeeper, like you, you know, they, yeah. they download your bank statements and, and, you know, update your, your QuickBooks or things like that. Like it's, it's almost like that. And I can almost imagine, Lisa, like you mentioned, you know, the audit thing. I can, in today's world, what we're doing right now, I can almost imagine me getting on like a Zoom or anybody just getting on a Zoom where instead of a like a really tight agenda where we got to be really, really like I just put you on while I rummage through my stuff and, and talk through my screens and just kind of unstructured, you know, and it's like conversational, like you're like you, like I've got, you know, we can relax and I can talk about my frustration with my Google folders or I can talk about over here and like, and I, and there's no pressure, time pressure. Like if you could just like, if we had like an hour where I could just like complain to you about my, my challenges and problems. And that's ultimately, that's the fodder you need. That's what you want, right? You want someone to like start telling you what they're all frustrated with, with their space and their organization, their files. But like, yeah, I think that kind of unstructured, you might want to just think about that as an idea that, Hey, all I, I ask is that we, you just put me on and start talking about what you're doing and how you're doing it, and what and that's going to just things are going to fall out of that casually, especially if it's in an unstructured way. Just an idea. Absolutely, um, yeah, I love that because otherwise, I mean, I I create a kind of a needs assessment type thing where I do have some structured questions that I can ask. But you're right because people um, will just sort of probably unload. Well, this is what is my challenge, and then. Um, yeah. Kind of my MO is to really be a listener. Um, I take like great notes yeah. um, and um, just try to figure out basically a customized solution to help that person. I mean, I've done organizing before and um, it's basically there's not a right or a wrong way. What you try to do is is find out what works for that person, the way they think, the way they work. And then you create that system for them. It may not work for you. It may not work for someone else. But that's where um, you get the best results, um, I yeah. think. You know, yeah. and also, um, yeah, in that digital space, I started to think about a lot of things I could do. I know that the um, Zoom meetings, for example, are recorded. Um, but still, there's going to be a lot of things that come up in a Zoom meeting that um, could be follow-ups right. or action items. So why not send the recording? to me for example and i can take notes kind of write that you know type it out send it back to you um there's a lot of things that i think when you're a solopreneur especially right they're all just piling up and you just don't have the time to address all of those things but somebody else can help you do that and then that should help free up your time to move forward and do the things that stimulate your revenues and profits and the growth that you need for your business so that's that's my mo absolutely it's great i love it and i just want to reiterate idea of companionship like especially for yeah. solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, like yeah. this idea of companionship is very powerful to be able to like just yeah just talk through things and and almost like you know almost like uh and we're doing this now with our instant meetings with zoom like this idea of like press to talk to me now and like it's it's in other words instead of forcing me to like do a bunch of homework and a bunch of prep like i can just yeah. i can just talk to you in my moment of frustration or like within an hour of when i'm frustrated you know when it's still fresh mm -hmm. you know? So for sure, you know, for sure. and that whole thing too is very isolating, I think, when, I mean, I think everybody is probably feeling isolated, and you already feel isolated when you're a solopreneur or, or a homepreneur, 
Um, and, and yeah, I, I would envision myself to be somebody on the other side, like, you know, I'm here for you and I, I can help you and this will be okay and we'll help you move forward. And in some cases, I feel that working from home, actually, people can be more productive potentially than they were in the office. And oh, yeah. honestly, I think a lot of people that are working from home aren't really fond of the idea of going back to the office. And I really hope that somebody is tracking data somewhere along the way to say, well, you know, what is the productivity people at home versus in the office? Because my thought is it could be better in many cases. Absolutely. So this is great. Lisa, thank you for chiming in here and giving us uh, stuff. Thank you so much. I see you did put your email address, your phone number out there. That's fantastic. And and definitely take Jamie up on it. She she's I not will. kidding. She, uh, she's not kidding. She she's quick on the draw with with helping people. So look 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 for that. Okay. Um okay, so before you know, before we Jamie, before we um I mean, before we wrap up, let me take care of something. Before we wrap up, Jamie, what do you, what, what, you know, what, um, again, what message would you want to put out there for folks right now in terms of where we are and, um, and kind of what, what's an overarching message from Jamie's perspective on this, this economy, entrepreneurship, life? You, earlier you told me about breathe you know people breathing and just taking this in so maybe comment a little bit more on that if you would yeah um you know i think we're in a weird place there yeah. <laughs> i don't know that um you know anyone who um was an adult was alive during the spanish flu which is kind of the last time from my understanding of when the world faced yeah. this um it'd be 100 years old if they were <laughs> right yeah um you know i have um my honorary niece um, one of my best friend's daughters is a senior this year in high school and is um, a like world-class dancer and has been asked to dance all over the world. And um, I think about what she's missing out on um, because of you know, this isolation and, and, and what would have happened if my senior year had been basically aborted. Um, you know, I know that they're continuing academics um, and she was already at HCC really starting as a senior thing. But, um, you know, I, I, I can't imagine facing what, what she was facing as, you know, being a high school student and not having the technology that we have. Like we can do these Zoom calls or whatever this is we're on and, and we have <laughs> social media. Uh, we have social media and we have, you know, we're more connected than we ever have been in some ways. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think looking to how look what we have versus what we don't have. So yes, we are, yeah. are all isolated in a lot of ways physically, um, but we do have abilities to use the resources we have um, to either press forward, to create new opportunities. Um, it sounds like what, like with what Lisa's doing, her business model may shift and her priority may become the digital space versus physical office spaces or, or doing this uh, remotely, um, you know, her actual model may change a little bit, but she's continuing forth in what her ultimate mission was. And, and so I think that that's something we can all like take from and, and look forward to I just as my honorary niece is going to go on to college and whether that she's here until college actually starts or <laughs> she gets to go, um, you know, her trajectory may have changed a little bit, but it's, she's still continuing her path. And I think that's what we all have. Um, the same as when I you know, decided not to go to medical school, it was, um, you know, I still had resources and there were still things to do and there were still things that needed to be done and, and somebody needed to do them. So, you know, it's, yeah. 
um, you could take it as an opportunity to to be enlightened in whatever that looks like. Um, you know, if you're in a position yeah. where you've been laid off from your job and um, this may be a time to um, kind of gather thoughts on what you want to do next and, um, you know, take take whatever actions you need to do to be prepared to do that. Um, you know, for, for those who are able to still work, um, you know, your responsibilities may have changed some. And um, so I think yeah. being adaptable and not seeing it as, as much as possible, um, seeing this as an opportunity versus a loss is, is just a perspective change right. that, um, you know, we can choose to be hurt by this. And I certainly have my days where I'm like, oh my gosh, what is happening? <laughs> um, and I personally lost people to COVID. So I, you know, that's, that's not something that, you know, you just get over and, and all those things. Um, but where we can finding the silver linings is, um, I really think how we're going to come out of this and, and hopefully um, the whole world becomes better than a better version of itself. Right. So the three things, the three businesses that you have today, you know, which, which ones, you know, would you think that you would Give us give a couple paths for folks that might would like to do like you've got the real estate thing, you've got the publishing thing, right? So like, um, talk about those in terms of like what you could potentially help somebody with out there right now. Um, you could personally help somebody step into those spaces if they wanted to. And now might be a good time for someone to pursue one of those. Absolutely. Um, so I'm super excited about the publishing company. Um, and actually, that uh, my honoree niece is is working on a book um, about being a teenage very successful dancer and what, and what that takes and what, what you're giving up and what the, you know, how to navigate that system and the, the mental of, you know, she has people telling her she's too thin and she's too fat and she's too whatever and, and all those things. And so having, um, she's writing a, a booklet on that. And so I'm, I'm super excited to help her. Um, I, um, I love to write. So I, I had written several on different topics um, and I realized I'm not alone in that. I think we all have a lot to share and um, you know, I know Alan, you're the rock star and wrote a big, huge book about there. Um, <laughs> Hold on, sitting right here. It's talking yeah, to me. Yeah, I know you. Like, <laughs> sitting right next to me. I waited to the I waited to the, the the last two minutes when everybody's trailing off to plug my book. That's what I you know. That's I'm terrible. I'm a terrible. If you haven't read Alan's book. It's awesome. I'm a, I'm a um, terrible marketer. Don't follow my lead. <laughs> no, well, you're a natural marketer, so people act naturally want to read it versus you shoving it down their throat, and now they're like, oh, I had to read that because. Oh yeah. Oh, he's got a book. Oh wow. Wow. <laughs> I, um, so I think that that's I use a, it's called mystery marketing. I, I'm gonna my next book is called mystery marketing. You, you don't talk about what you you don't talk about what you're doing, and you just hope that people no it's bad anyway. Keep carrying on. Well, and so the, really the beginning of the of the publishing company was to publish um, white labeled booklets that would let people get their information out, not have to commit to writing you know to writing around six seven thousand words versus writing. Yeah, you know, how, how long years is probably 15,000, 20,000 words. Um, and to have it as a collateral to instead of leaving a pen or leaving a mug or things like that, you're actually leaving a booklet. Um, with, so it's your company's information and all those things. Um, that's kind of, you know, people do have time to share what's in their head at this point. So whether that's, you know, us helping them or they're writing it or, or, or whatever, that's, um, you know, I think something that you don't always have the time to do or can prioritize, but um, it seems like a really cool way kind of adapting um, to taking your information and presenting it in a new way. Yeah, got it. So, so in short, like this idea that this is an opportunity to make a change. So someone could go get their real estate license, uh, even though, you know, it's, it's a little bit 
you know, so you can't sit for the state test right now is the problem. Um, you can't, so, you can take the, right? you, so you can take the class and I have a fantastic link if anybody wants it. So it's, it's really great online. Um, but you, unfortunately the state, um, they just opened it, but they're, they're doing like, you can't get close to other people and whatever. So like they're booked to like September. So, um, yeah. but yes, absolutely. You could like, you could so, do preparation for all of those things. Yes. So then maybe publish. Okay. So back to publishing. So what, what could be like someone who like, what's a money-making, I just, what's a money-making idea or money-making opportunity for someone to pub to publish? Just maybe be more specific about how somebody could make money writing something. Absolutely. So, you know, one, there's always, I think there's businesses um, and who, for whom the owner is not a writer or doesn't enjoy writing. And, and so they need content. You know, I, I think that's a huge thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of content producers in the social media space, obviously, and, and that's a very popular thing. But there, you know, I, I don't think there's as many producing kind of in that middle ground of, of a, a little bit more than a 250 word post, but not mm -hmm. a novel, um, <laughs> you know, that in between. But, you know, so I think there, there's definitely opportunities in that there, you know, in terms of if somebody has their own method, technique, um, system, all of, of those kinds of things, that's that's what, you know, a booklet length is, is perfect for is, you know, it, it's not a, um, and I love Tim Ferriss, but, you know, his books are really long and they take a long time to, to, <laughs> to get through. Yeah. So it's, it's that shorter, more digestible um, thing. And again, in my head, it's used as a, um, instead of buying pens or things like that you're it's a collateral so would your group you sell it on amazon and your website and all that kind of stuff so would your company like help ghost write that and pull it together okay. into something okay and then and then and then uh we just put it on amazon or is there other ways to like get buyers like how, how would uh how would i sell thousands of copies outside of just sticking it on amazon um well, so like Grant Cardone does this a lot. Um, he's a big real estate investing guru, and um, my brother like worships the ground he walks on. Um, but they, he has you know his the same the usual sources um, for uh, reading material, Kindle and, and um, Audible. If you do the audiobook, um, you know the, those kinds of things. I think it's also a really great again marketing tool um, versus spending credibility. Uh, right, credibility, um, speaking opportunities, uh, you know, those kinds of things. It's, it's a, um, you know, I think it can lead to a lot of opportunities. Right. So ultimately, someone could work on their, like right now in this time where you're at home and you, you're, you, you might be working, you know, you might have some extra time that you didn't have before, not assuming you lost, if you lost your job, of course, but if just being at home, you just find that you've got to, Now's a good time to work on some things uh, that uh, you otherwise didn't have time because you were always driving in your job and you were busy, busy, busy. So like working on that book or working on that booklet or that, uh, that you know, capture, like that book you always think about, you always wanted to do, now, now could be a time to do that. You could work with someone like you and your team to pull it together quickly and, and, and capture that before this whole economy cranks back up and your back spun out back into, you know, busy world again. Yeah, it's designed to be collateral, so it's really a, a um, you know booklet length, a quarter page kind of size, fits in a purse, you know, business card, not a little bigger, eighth of a page, I guess, is business card, but but a smaller, you know, fifty page, um, quarter sized booklet is is really a nice size for somebody. They get a, a lasting impression of, of who you are and what you, what your thoughts are and and all those okay. kinds of things. Cool. Very, very cool. All right. Well, I think we gave some good advice to folks. Um, we're getting up to the end here. We're going to wrap up. So. Um, 
Well, thank this you very much for the opportunity, yeah, Alan. Uh, you know, amazing. you're always very humble, but you certainly done um, some incredible things. And I think this the style of um, is it, is this called a podcast when they're doing video? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like a live. I've called it a live podcast. But sometimes I call it a webcast, but a live, okay. it's, a live, it's a live podcast. Well, whatever it is, it's, it's a really, uh, you know, I feel very fortunate that you um, thought that I would be okay on it. And, and I'm an honor to be someone who knows you because I think you're doing a lot for a lot of people. Well, thanks. I, uh, I'm taking the, you know, this was a big experiment for me, right? That's one of the things entrepreneurs should always be doing is experimenting, you know? And, um, and just making the connection with Lisa tonight was worth it and for you and for her. Um, and then ultimately we put it I'm on excited to be Lisa's friend and, and yeah. Also her. Yeah. right. She's, she, Lisa you're doesn't be, know, like I'm her new best friend. You're going to be glad. You're going to be glad because she's amazing. Um, and then we put it on YouTube and try to, you know, help others down the stretch as, uh, watching this. But ultimately, you know, I did this live, but really the plan was not to be live. I, um, it's because of this economic crisis we're in. I just felt like, Hey, we got to get out there and open the lines and take questions and try to help people, uh, in real time as quickly as we can. And that's what kind of spurred this whole thing a few weeks ago um we'll see how long i keep it live i don't know you know i'm booked through i'm booked through may but we'll see if in june if i'm still doing it live it it's a different animal right live is a different animal you know versus like you know recording it you know under not under pressure you know right you can't go back and be like wait change that i know don't, don't, don't <laughs> it's live, right? <laughs> yeah. you know i mean getting you in trouble with your parents everything i, I mean i'm just like <laughs> okay you need to add to your list like think, uh, topics we are not allowed to talk about <laughs> <laughs> right i forgot to get i forgot i got to get this game down better but jamie uh been a pleasure it's been an honor we were right on the mark for the 8 30 mark and um this will be on youtube tomorrow and i'll send you a link to it uh, thanks everybody for uh, for participating and listening in, and, um, and, and until until next time, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Okay. Bye. How do I hang up? I'll let you.